0: the U.S. Fire Journal podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good morning and welcome into the podcast. Today is January the 11th, 2022. I'm Jay. Lots to talk about today. Um, We're going to talk about some staffing issues. Uh, A department that's browning out stations. They're shutting down stations on the regular. And we're going to talk about that. But first I want to start off with uh, what's just been tragic news uh, out of uh, New York, uh, the Bronx, 188th Street, uh, 19 people have uh, died in a fire there. And coming on the heels of the story out of Philadelphia where they lost uh, 12 people, um, you know, these are the types of stories that those of us who were adults in the 80s uh, that, uh, That we remember. We remember them frequently all over the country. Uh, The fire death rate, uh, stories of uh, three, four, five people dying in fires, especially children. And it's something that a lot of money has been spent on, is reducing the fire death rate across the country. And a lot of time has been put into it, and still we see uh, just an exceptionally high uh, civilian fire death rate. And there in New York, uh, it was a five-alarm fire. Um, it was a 19-story building. Nineteen people, including nine children, uh, died in this fire. The fire commissioner talked about uh, you know, showing up and, and seeing what was going on and And, uh, you know, how tragic it was, how moving it was, because uh, everywhere you looked, uh, there were people doing CPR on these victims. And it's something that uh, you don't uh, expect to see much of anymore. And yet here it is. And if it's happening in New York and Philadelphia, where especially in New York, they have spent a lot of money on fire prevention over the years, Um, they have uh, arguably i guess the best fire department in the world Um, one of the most aggressive and uh, if they're not going to get to the victims then pretty much uh, very few others are going to if any and yet again 19 people in one fire including nine children what's the answer well that's the question and i'm not sure that there is Uh, a coherent answer for all of this. Some things just happen. We know that. Some things, in spite of money being thrown at it, in spite of uh, aggressive firefighting, whatever you want to say, you know, great equipment. Certainly, um, if money were the only issue, it wouldn't really be an issue. So it can't just be money. Oftentimes, too, I think that when these tragedies like this happen, if this were to have happened, uh, let's say in Lake Tahoe or Palm Springs or, or cities like that, uh, how fast would a blue ribbon commission to address the fire problem in, in the United States have been uh, have already been put together? Uh, very often I think we, we're looking at events that take place in In urban areas and in rural areas as well where money uh, is scarce uh, to the occupants there and whether it's in rural areas or in a built-up urban area uh, you have to wonder what would have been the response had this taken place in some place where the economic reality is everyone is sitting pretty pretty good I tend to think that uh, that things would have been addressed probably a little bit earlier. Now, there are all kinds of, of factors that go into to why fires happen like this, um, but, but I do believe that oftentimes uh, we're looking at, at solutions and, and maybe we don't know it or not aware of it. What I can say is this. This does indicate to the public that the fire problem in the United States has not gone away. Of course, firefighters have known this for a long time, that it's never really gone away. Um, And is it more of a tragedy when 19 die than when when one does? Well, we can argue the semantics, but the bottom line is it catches your attention in big ways when large numbers of people die. We all know that. Um, How many times have you said, you know, we need a red light at this particular intersection? and it's only after so many people have died that that a, uh that a move is put in to actually put a red light somewhere or put a stop sign somewhere so yes uh the the old saying that you know this this red light was created because of blood is is absolutely true 19 people died 19 and uh you know that is a lot of grief it's uh it's It's a tragedy. And yet, as a fire service, we have to do better. Um, everybody has to do better. And I know, and I can I already know the the comments that happen after this. Well, that would never happen in our town. That would never happen in our city. That would never happen in our our county. Sure, it would. You may not have nineteen story buildings that people live in you can be out in a rural area. The rural fire death rate is way too high as well. Now the the circumstances are different, right? I mean, you get an area like where it happened in the Bronx, New York, where you're gonna get, you know, 200 firefighters on scene within 20 minutes. You can, you can get them all there that fast. The problem is not the response and the number of firefighters there. In a rural area, That's typically the problem is that the fire department doesn't get there rapidly enough because they, and they don't have enough firefighters. At least they don't have 200 firefighters to throw at it. And so it's different areas of the country, both economically depressed, but different reasons why fire deaths happen. And, and so you have to address those in different ways and uh, but the problem the, the the problem at its root is the same people are dying in fires in the most technologically advanced nation on earth the richest nation on earth and we still don't have an answer for it i don't forget the answer unanswer an for it we don't have a single answer for it uh, we think we do because we go about it in the same old way um, but the bottom line is, fire kills. And I'm not sure that we ever get away from that. We, we can come up with novel new ways to deal with it. And to be sure, tremendous progress over the last 30, 40 years. Tremendous progress. Still a long way to go. One of the... Uh, I, let me go back and tell a little story. 11, 12 years ago, I was in a city... Of, of a pretty significant size. And uh, uh, I was hanging out with some firefighters from a department, um, a 30 station plus department, and, and, you know, we're hanging out. And uh, pretty much what happened was um, they ran into some economic issues uh, because the, the money there in that particular city had been mismanaged so poorly by elected officials. And uh, so, anyway, um, the, the city leaders and their infantile way of, of dealing with things decided, you know what would be smart? Let's start closing some fire companies. Um, nobody will notice, you know, because, hey, guess what? If we close, say, engine six, um, it won't matter because we have an engine five and an engine seven. Politician think, Right. But we have others. They'll just respond into that area. What could go wrong? Well, as it turns out, as we all know and have known for, you know, 200 years, a lot of things go wrong. Um, There's a reason that you build fire stations. There's a reason that you put fire apparatus in fire stations. And one of the reasons, and, and, you know, we all know this, apparently politicians don't, is that... Just as we were talking about with the fire death rate, the closer a uh, uh, fire apparatus and people are to a scene, the quicker they get there. We all know that fire grows rapidly. We all know that, that, uh, that, that smoke travels rapidly, takes the path of least resistance, right? And we also know that the quicker we get there, the quicker that uh, a fire attack can begin. The quicker that fire attack begins or the quicker you start CPR or the quicker you start an extrication, the better it is for survivability. And let's not forget what government's core function is. It is to protect the people. Not provide, but protect the people. At heart, that is any government's first duty is to protect you can't provide you can't grow you can't do anything else unless you are protecting the people this is typically why people form into packs it's why wolves like wolf packs right it's why they form in the wolf packs protection one one wolf can be dangerous Uh, six or eight you know that much more so yeah the first duty of government is protection well, it's difficult to go out, if nigh on impossible, and tell the people that you should be elected as, a, as an elected representative if you're failing at your core duty. And make no mistake about it, it's a complete and total failure of elected leadership when you start browning out or closing fire companies because you, you, you either you can't afford it or you don't have enough people. Um, I'm always amazed by the level of ignorance displayed by not all politicians. A lot of politicians, they know exactly what they're doing. But I'm always amazed by the level of ignorance of some politicians who believe that uh, by virtue of their own voice, uh, they can call on the public and say, well, look, this is a reality and then we're just gonna have to do it. Maybe so, maybe so. But here's the thing, acknowledge your failure first as an elected official. So in this town, in this city that I was in, this started happening. And it just so happened that the council member who led the charge wanted to run for mayor. He was the son of a very popular mayor. He was a very powerful council member. And he pretty much had the election for mayor sewn up. It was his. Until um, the firefighters decided, you know what? If this guy uh, really thinks that that the public doesn't care, let's take it to the public and see what happens. Well, they did. Um, I did help some, podcasts, writing articles, so on and so forth. But it was the fire department. It was the firefighters. They organized. They started speaking to, to groups, citizen groups. They started pointing out exactly what was going on. And ultimately what happened was they ended up electing someone else as mayor. This councilman not only did not become mayor, but he was no longer a councilman. And it was a huge upset, to be sure. Ultimately what they did, what firefighters did, and this is important, they told the truth. They didn't make anything up. They didn't have to they uh, didn't use a lot of hyperbole they didn't have to they just told people what was going on and they elected a guy who was not supposed to win the brownouts ended immediately Um, there were no more shutting down of stations amazingly there was money available amazingly it's amazing how that happens when the public says you know what This is outrageous. Why are our fire engines closed? Why are my children now at risk? Who is going to come and tell me that it it was an economic issue when my child dies in a fire? You see, that's very powerful, very powerful. And so it ended up that all the stations were reopened. And this is amazing too, Additional staffing was found during the next year, year and a half. How did that happen? I'll tell you how. Motivated. It's amazing when someone is faced with the loss of public confidence when you're an elected official and how motivated you become to make sure that the public's protected when you may no longer be in office. Now, This is not always the answer. Sometimes it's just saying, you know what? We're going to trust each other. Sometimes that's the way that happens. And it's amazing how it does happen. But other times, the only way to get things done, and it's unfortunate, but the only way to get things done is to engage in some serious discussions with the public no politician is above the public though some may think they are they're not no politician is so powerful let let me tell you this long time ago in a galaxy far far away uh some of us dealt with a mayor who was uh the most powerful mayor in the united states it wasn't even close i mean he was and uh it turned out that uh that he was very powerful. But again, it's amazing what happens when you engage the public. You see, firefighters have something that politicians will never have, and that's a lot of built-up credit in the bank, in the bank of public opinion. Firefighters, when they learn they can use that, well, amazing things end up happening. They really do. They end up happening. It's all about putting that first foot out there and saying, you know what? This is what we're going to do. This is what we have to do. And let me say this as well. Not every politician is only for the politician. There are good ones out there. There are. Um, And then there are bad ones. There are good in everything and bad in everything. Sometimes... Uh, it's on display and people know. Other times it kind of bubbles to the surface. But the bottom line is, you won't know until you try. And if engine companies and, and, and other companies, rescues, ladders, everyone, if they're being shut down, if they're being shut down because there's not enough people, because you're trying to save money, because everybody's crying economics, I promise you, I promise you, there's a way to find that money. There is. It's amazing what a little job security threat will do. Again, it's not always the right response. Most times, and I'm a big advocate of this, you go in, you sit down, and you talk. And you work it out. There's give and there's take. That's the way it goes. That's the way it should work. But every once in a while, you'll get people who will say, no, we're just not gonna do it. It's not important enough. And then you see how set in their ways they really are when you challenge them. It works sometimes, doesn't work all the time. But the bottom line is you can't not protect the public and expect to get ahead. Firefighters understand this. Law enforcement understands this. EMS understands it. They understand it. They do. The people who often have a hard time are elected representatives of the people. Again, not always, but enough that it becomes, you know, people expect it. They expect politicians to say, we can't do that. It's amazing what they can do, though. It really is. They'll surprise you. Sometimes though you have to take that hard stand and when it's time for it you just have to do it. Years ago in the city of Philadelphia they were closing companies left and right. Fire companies would get shut down. Um, The local and, and, and newspapers and everyone else they were outraged over it. And of course you you had just horrific mayors in the history of Philadelphia. They've had so many bad ones and uh, uh but recently they've actually started reopening companies that have been closed for a long time um they started getting apparatus that that uh they get replaced in in the right amount of time and and suddenly Philly's back they are is everything perfect no 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 but it's better than it was it's amazing what monies can be found when people are actually looking? And again, it's important to uh, to understand that the first duty is protection. That's essential. So having said all that, I want to turn to a department that is, is suffering from... They're, they're hemorrhaging employees. Uh, Wilson County, Tennessee... Uh, uh, it's Wilson Emergency Management uh, in the area called Lima. They have uh, they were on the news. Uh, I guess last night uh, the vice president of the IFF local uh, was on uh, was on the news talking about uh, their uh, they've hemorrhaged employees and it's difficult to get people to come in in part because area departments uh, departments in their area are, are paying more and of course. We know that. Um, we know that everywhere. That when departments are paying more, uh, guess what? You get more employees. That's the way it works. And uh, so, so there in Wilson County. And Wilson County is just to the east of Nashville. Most of you know Nashville. Um, and and I and just as a let me let me put this out there. I I know people at WEMA, I do. A lot of good people there, Um, solid people. They go in, they do their shift, uh, they go home, they take care of their families, they're they're working other jobs. They they do all the things that firefighters do. And um, so, you know, every department has turnover. Some's turnover is higher than others. That's the way it works, too. But here's where it goes off the rails um they are in the process that that um uh, over the last few weeks i think up to a month maybe more uh fire stations are being closed because they don't have the personnel now here's where it gets a little tricky if a politician comes out and says well you know we're having to close these down because we don't have enough people but don't worry the surrounding stations can cover it. Here's the question. If that's so, why did you build that station in the first place? Why? If other stations can cover it and it's not that big of a deal, then why does a city, county, whatever, spend the money to build a fire station? Huh, that's interesting. If it's needed, and that's why fire stations are built, then how can you shut it down for a little while and claim that that your protection, that the public's protection is not put in jeopardy? Because let's face it, you can't have it both ways. There's only one answer. Either somebody failed in leadership building it, or somebody's failing in leadership by keeping it closed. Also, what you'll hear is sometimes, and I'm not saying this is the case at, 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 in this particular instance is well, that station doesn't run a lot of calls. Okay, then why is it open? Why did you build it? Why was there uh, why was public money spent to build a fire station, they're not cheap, to purchase fire apparatus, typically not cheap, to put people there, not cheap. If you didn't need it in the first place, and if you needed it, then why is it such a casual decision to say, well, you know what? The people in that particular district, they don't matter at all. They don't. It doesn't matter. Again, that's a question. If the people don't matter, come out and say it. If the people do matter, find a way to get them coverage because we all know what happens when a child dies. We all know what happens when somebody's mom or dad, brother or sister, die in a fire, die in an accident, die of a medical condition, and a principal part was played by a lack of coverage. Lawsuits, bad press for a city, bad press for a county, Not to mention a loss of life to family and friends. These are not casual decisions. These are decisions that have a tremendous impact on people. And there are only a few people you can hold accountable. And that's the people who make the decisions to not fully fund or to find money in some way, shape, or form to protect people. And, and let me also bring this up. You run a county, you run a city, you have a bunch of departments, right? You got parks, recreation, you have waste management, I mean, you have you know just tons of departments. And a lot of leaders, a lot of political leaders like to say that, well, you know, we have to provide for them equally. That's not how the public looks at it. It's not how it is. I'm sorry. If garbage pickup has to be set back a day or two days or three days in order to fund the people who protect you fire, law enforcement, emergency services, EMS, emergency medical services those three are the tip of the spear. Period. Sheriffs, law enforcement, you know, police, fire, EMS. The tip of the spear and if you can't if you can't fund an arts center if you can't fund a community center and if you can't fund any other service then you just don't fund them because you have to fund the people who do the protecting it just that's the way it works and i know there are politicians that they hate it they hate that idea i get it but it's the way it is. You don't have to like it. You don't even, you don't have to love it. You don't have to like it. You can hate it, but there it is. Because I can promise you this, if a community center is closed because you can't afford to have a person in there to man the desk, you compare that with a person dying because they couldn't get emergency medical care or they couldn't, a law enforcement, there weren't enough officers so they couldn't respond deep into, a, into an area. Um, or, or if you get a fire death, or someone who's horribly disfigured in a fire, and you compare the two, yeah, you stop immediately because there's no comparison. You cannot, you cannot compare the safety of the public versus any other service. Some things are just annoying. It's annoying if you have to sit in traffic. It's annoying if your kids can't go play a sport that evening because a community center is closed. That's annoying. It is. But let's, let's track that along with people getting shot, people dying in a fire, people in an accident and no, no one shows up, or they show up late. Is there a comparison there? The answer is no. The answer is no now, the answer is no in the past, and the answer is no in the future. There are certain things that just have to happen in order for people to feel protected. And let's face it, people like their little safe spaces, whether we believe in them or not. It's just the way it goes. Back to the issue there in Wilson County and WEMA, at WEMA. A lot of good people there. Um, again, I know people there. Um, I know that they're dedicated. I know they do their best every day. And right now they're hemorrhaging employees. And I don't believe... Uh, for a second that there's anyone who uh, at at this particular agency who doesn't want to serve the public they do want to serve the public it's what they do it's their mission and they're trying to do it to the best of their ability and so ultimately what we come down to as is the case in most issues like this around the country is we come down to political leadership the political leadership has to step up. They know the problem; they're well aware of it. Um, one of the issues, I think, and certainly one of the things that that, um, that has made itself abundantly clear is that uh, political leadership has acknowledged that there's an issue, which is great. What has not happened is any meaningful steps. And what do I mean by meaningful? Well. We all sit here and we can talk. We can say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But until the step is taken, then nothing really has happened. That's why we watch for actions and and not words. So what's the issue there? Well, pay is a big issue. Retention is a big issue. This area of of the country is rapidly growing, especially in in the Nashville uh, downtown area and in the surrounding communities. Lots of growth. uh, Lots of tax dollars coming in. Lots of things are happening. Lots of construction. If you go around that area, let me tell you, you see more cranes out. You see construction happening everywhere. There's not a lack of money. That's not the issue. The issue is the appropriation of money and what it's being appropriated for. Do you appropriate it? For these things, or do you do it for these things? And there's a hierarchy of needs in every in every city and, and county and state. There is a hierarchy of needs. Sometimes you have to to take that and you say, okay, this is at the top of the list because it's where it should always be. What do you do for your family? You protect them. That's what that's what the the mother and father do. They protect the children. As the children get over, get older, they end up protecting the, the mother and father. It's what happens. Protection is a big thing for us as human beings. So if it's a big thing for human individual families, it's certainly a big thing for communities. What's the answer in Wilson County? I, I think the answer really is pretty straightforward. A plan that's that's put out for for. Public consumption on exactly when and how things will be addressed. What I'm going to do is I'm I'm going to start reaching out now um, to try to find out. Hey, where is the money gone? You you look at things in budgets and and you try to figure out. Okay, where does the money go? Where has it gone in the past? Um, what type of return uh, are cities and counties and towns and states getting on the money they're they're spending? Are things going for for pet projects in certain places, or are they going for the overall good of a particular uh, city or town or county? Ultimately, that's kind of the way things go. Um, and I will say this, I'm not the only one working on that. I mean, I'm just basically starting. I know I have good relationships with, with a lot of people around the country, including members of the media, and uh, I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out. Here's what I do know, and I'll say this to anyone. Uh, the women and men who, who compose that department, uh, they're doing their jobs. They're showing up every day. They go about their business. At a moment's notice, they're on scene and they're working on your children. They're working on your loved ones. Uh, and a, at a moment's notice, they're stretching lines. They're going inside structures. They're trying to save lives. They're trying to save property. At a moment's notice, they're out on an interstate. They're on a country road, a winding country road, during snow, during tornadoes, all kinds of things. You name it, they're out there doing their jobs. You know what? That's what you want. As a citizen, as a tourist, as a potential business interest, You want to know that the uh, fire department's doing their job. They are. Law enforcement, they're doing their job. Everyone's doing their jobs. So what are they asking for? Being competitive. Being compensated at a rate that their neighbors are being compensated at. No one, at least in... In my understanding of the situation and what's been published, no one is asking to break the bank. No one is saying, yeah, you know what? We want double our salaries. That's not what's happening. What's happening is saying they're saying, you know what? We have people who are leaving, which puts us at a huge disadvantage on the fire ground, which puts us at a huge disadvantage with respect to recruiting. Well, how about take away the disadvantage? Make us competitive. Once you make us competitive, then put us in a situation where we can remain competitive, take care of our families, and let's not forget. Um, people don't like to talk about it right now, but there's inflation. There is. Everything's more expensive. And we're in one of those you know, two, three-year periods that are trigger periods. We don't know what's going to happen economically. We know that right now the market's doing well. And it is, which is a good thing, because we have lost a metric ton of money economically. So it's a tough time with respect to that. And when you're in public safety, you know that unless you've inherited five or ten million dollars, you're never more than a few paychecks or even one paycheck away from being in the poorhouse legitimately in the poorhouse it is far more difficult to go out and focus on the necessary things you need to focus on to stay alive on a scene if you're worried about whether or not your family's eating look these are harsh times and it takes tough people to stand up and do it these people are doing it they do it at WEMA they do it at the surrounding departments there um, they're also doing it in Philly and New York and Boca Raton, Florida. And they're doing it in LA, Chicago, and every city in between. Tough people doing a tough job, and what they're asking for is to be taken care of by the people they protect. Ultimately, leadership's job, whether it's elected or formed or whatever, Leadership's job is to take care of the people that they lead. Otherwise, you have to get different leaders. Otherwise, people's names become mud. That's the way it works. don't have to like it, but it does have to be done. So ultimately, at the end of the day, who steps up and says, okay, let's fix the issue, and here's the plan. Here's the plan. This is the date it's going to take effect. Because all of these things are important, they are. It's very important. And the bottom line is, somebody's child, somebody's mom and dad, somebody's grandparents, every time a station is closed, every time an engine can't respond, every time an EMS unit can't respond, every time law enforcement can't respond, that person's life's in jeopardy. Ask yourself this, If you lived in a community that was impacted like that, and one of your loved ones died because of it, how would you feel? Would you fight? Yeah, you would. That's going to do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, everyone stay safe.